the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. the guy that I got to talk to. Mr. Broadband. He's got Representative all the, Broadband. Yeah, he's <laughs> go, got all go. the information. Yeah. He's been he's been traveling all over the state giving uh, planetarium have. demonstrations. Have. Yes. Yep. He is he is Mr. Space yep. too. That uh, that's something I need to tell you about. Yeah, he yeah. he I, you know, he he had, I got on him about a law that he tried to pass one mm-hmm. time. Yep. You still working that? on that one. You're still working on still it. Still working on it. Yeah, yeah light yeah. pollution. The outdoor lighting. Yep. Light pollution. Yeah. You were yeah. there when that. I was there. Came yep. I was there. The first one. It's it's evolved and uh, I voted changed for it. over the years. And yep, there you go. So. <laughs> well, now they make lights, right? <laughs> that you can install mm-hmm. at the same cost as the the stuff that or cheaper. Throw, yeah, yeah, throws yeah, the right. light every which way and lasts so longer. I don't have any problem yeah. with it yep. now. Yep, it's government efficiency. I'm all. Uh, oh boy. I, that that's pushing novel it. concept right there. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I'm just yeah. saying that's pushing it when you say government efficiency. Okay. Yep. Yep. How you been doing? Good. 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 I, I haven't I, seen you since uh, the election. Yeah. Well, I can confirm your traffic reports this morning that there is indeed a uh, traffic backup coming in from Conway. And okay. uh, both called in and are, said, yep, yeah. I concur. I'm sitting right here. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yep, experienced it firsthand. But, right. uh, so where are we on broadband? I mean, you've been working on this for years now. I have been. How I many been. years has it been? About four? Uh, 2015, I think, when Jeremy Gillum uh, put say, me on this issue. You know, so, it had to be about 2015. Yeah. Yeah. So we've Right about the time I became commissioner. Yeah, yeah, we've come a long way since then. Uh, just, just across the T's and dot the I's. Yes, I mean, yes. look, well, it's it's a, such an expensive endeavor. Oh, sure, you got to have all kinds of people with buy-in on. Yes, this. well, and that's uh, you know, as we toured the state, the one thing that we found was thankfully there were no regulation or government hurdles that were in the way. It's simply a, a money problem. There are just some places you cannot make a business case to lay fiber, and. Uh, if any good thing came out of COVID, it was uh, we've got a lot of money now invested in fiber. Everybody understands the importance of the Internet and broadband. And uh, we uh, spent uh, my last figure. Of course, it's been a couple months since I've looked into this because we got this thing going on right yeah. now at right. the Capitol. Uh, but we were a little well, over 450 million. Time, this thing it? going on at Capitol. Yeah, this, this well, I tell you what, you, you mentioned you mentioned the, the COVID you know, COVID is going to have the same effect as as uh, World War II. It's mm-hmm. an awful thing, right? But right. but the stuff we learned from it, the right. things we learned from it, Vietnam War, same thing. All that stuff, everything, all the the the, the changes in our lifestyles and mm-hmm. things that we had to do, right? Be, as the outcome of that, right? Would, and, and COVID hit 
right at home. Right. I mean, <laughs> yes, literally, yes. <laughs> literally right at home. And uh, uh, it put a lot of strain on our uh, communication system mm-hmm. because everyone was communicating from their, their residence, and uh, we all had to shift gears. So, yes. yep. you know, broadband's uh, very, very important. It, if anything brought your, your bill to light, no mm-hmm. pun intended. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, and before, it was, uh, you know, before COVID, mm-hmm. I didn't know what a Zoom was. And now that's I something we either. use all the time. Yeah. And so that's part of that technological But when you would revolution. be on, I'd ask you these questions. I'd, right. I'd say, i go, Stephen, why are we traveling to have these meetings? Mm-hmm. You can stay right where you're at and right. talk to anybody in the world. Yeah. Why are we doing this? And he said, because we need broadband. That's right. why that's, That was always his answer to me. Because <laughs> yep. yep. we need broadband. Yep. Well, yeah, well, we do. I mean, that was the key. Yep. Well, and um, the, infra- the Inflation Reduction Act, which we all know will eventually have the opposite effect. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, state is looking at potentially getting close to a billion dollars to be able to invest in, in broadband. and. Wow. A lot of money. The last figure I saw was we're going to need about six hundred million of that to actually complete the projects. Right. Um, we made some rule changes, or the uh, broadband managers made some rule changes to make sure that as the uh, folks go into these areas, as if the internet service providers go into areas, that they get every house in those blocks and not just the the best ones. They get out and get all of them, right. and then. Um, with money that's left over, we're hoping to put that into uh, training programs and uh, so that people will better know how to use those tools once they have been given access to those tools. Okay, so when we talked a very couple first times that we did interviews on this, you talked about getting buy-in from the cable companies and, and all kinds of different right. businesses. Now, right. I know right now they're, they're putting cable in my neighborhood in Cabot. And it's, wow. it's First Electric. <laughs> right, right. First Electric right. doing it. Now, so that, that's something that's a new development since we first talked back in 2015-16. The electric co-ops have started investing yeah. heavily in this. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know, but here's the problem. Once we get broadband to everybody... Mm-hmm. There'll be something else that that has that has taken its place. It's better that we're going to have to roll out as well. Yeah, but you got to have the minimum. You got to have the minimum. You got to have a place to start. You got to have a place to start. Yeah, and that's why the FCC has been pushing fiber because fiber is they call it future proof because yeah. you can put gigs and gigs and gigs and gigs of information through fiber. Uh, whereas with copper wires and coax cable, obviously those are going to be limited. They're limited, yeah. Especially on longer distance runs. But fiber, uh, you know, you can run it from here to the moon. And you, you know, I like I'm looking forward to having fiber. I didn't think it was going to come through the co-op, though. That right. was so weird. Right. I saw yeah. them out there, you know, using that machine that burrows right. under the ground and they push that. Under the sidewalks and under the street. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and people think that they're putting the fiber in and that. I don't know if it's fiber they're putting in or if it's just uh, the plastic encasing that they run the fiber through. The co- oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. what they put in first, and then, they're, then, then they can slide that cable in there right. in a matter of just an hour or two. It's right. pretty labor-intensive, yeah. too, as oh, I yeah. watched yeah. them doing it. Yeah, it pretty now, Especially in parts of Arkansas where you're going through rock instead of, uh, you know, soil yeah. like you are over in uh, the Delta. Yeah. Uh, so uh, where are we on the, all of this? I know we're a lot closer than we were. Right. So uh, we had the um, report done last year to give guidance on, you know, where we need to spend the money to make sure we're being smart about it. And uh, 
Yeah, looks like they're getting ready for something here in the Capitol yeah. in the background. Um, and uh, so by uh, using that report, um, what happens is Internet service providers can – uh, get with their local officials because it has to be kind of a partnership because that partnership is where you get the accountability at. They apply for the grant. The grant's then sent through a engineering study, and then it is scored. And so what we want to do is make sure we're getting the best bang for the buck first, get the right. low-hanging fruit, and then as time goes on, we'll get to the more more difficult projects. Um, the only real complaints I've been hearing is there are certain areas of the state where you know, some Internet service providers, it's, you know, that this is the way we've always done it. And so they've not shown a whole lot of interest in uh, trying to pursue growth in these areas that need it. And, uh, yeah, well, we, you know, we those used, that don't. We used to do it by telegraph, you know, right. but we don't do it that way nope. anymore. Yep. Yeah. Uh, those that don't, if they don't, then we're going to let the competitors uh, start moving. Well, good. And, yep. That's the way it so, should be. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So how far are we away from most people having broadband um so last uh i saw we were about a hundred thousand households that did not have it in the state um we're probably you know pretty close yeah 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 yeah. so i would think hopefully within five years we'll have the vast majority of our kansans covered uh the last uh, few that aren't would be probably ideal candidates for like a Starlink or satellite-based yeah. internet service. I think. You going to talk to Elon Musk about there, that? There you go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I actually reached out to them at one point to try to get. Did some you more really? Yeah, I did. I did. They they were uh, a little reticent because it was still pretty early on about uh, giving us too much uh, data, but uh, you know from what I've seen, it's been pretty good. Did Elon little, call you? No. Oh, no, no. Shucks. Yeah, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> ah, bummer. Yeah, yeah. Explain to the listeners how does it change everything? Oh, well, uh, you, you know, with broadband Internet, I think most everybody, I don't know anybody who's not connected nowadays, whether it's through a mobile phone or Internet at home and just the flow of information, uh, health care. You know, I've heard you talk about Dr. Google, you know, yeah. on, the, on the show before. Um you know, again, this was a COVID thing. Prior to COVID, I'd never done telehealth with a doctor. And we actually, if you remember, when we were in mm-hmm. session, we were actually trying to get legislation passed, and we couldn't get it passed back then yeah. to try to, to allow those. To allow telehealth and yeah. the, the doggone People uh, were scared of it. Oh, like the hospitals yeah. and the doctors and the, and the insurance oh, yeah. people, they, they were just they were fighting us tooth and nail. Going to yeah. take away my business. Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, they were concerned about the relationships and all that. But, uh, you know, COVID, uh, I did two or three. You know, now telehealth yeah. is fairly common. Um, yeah. Education. I've got a doctor up in northwest Arkansas that, that, that I do telehealth with once a year, a regular, you know, call-in. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's gotten to be uh, um, just another part of our everyday lives now. I, I agree. Yep. How's it changed schooling? I mean, we've already mm-hmm. seen change. Sure, sure. What, what is this going to do for, for schooling? Well, primarily the, the uh, well, for the school itself, it's going to allow the state to collect data and do reporting and help us be more efficient. But, you know, obviously the, the goal here is going to be with the students, and it allows students to have access to real-time data. And it also allows them to uh, – compete on a global scale because our students aren't competing with fellow Arkansas nowadays. They're competing with kids all over the world. That's right. And uh, by having access to the Internet, 
they have access to those resources to be able to compete on that level. And Arkansas, you know, unfortunately our state gets a bad rap. We're, you know, 48th, 49th and all this kind of stuff. Uh, since Republicans took control, we're now in the upper 40s and a lot of that stuff. So we are slowly improving the state. But in uh, broadband, we were in the top 10. We're still in the top 10 as far as having access to broadband for all of our kids, and that's something we need to be proud of. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's really amazing. You've done a yeoman's well, task yeah, on all has. of this, Stephen. You really, really have. People, the name of Stephen Meek should be in the history books of our so I really believe I, I, that. I, I think if uh, I'm remembered for nothing else, it'll be the adjourned motion every day and all this, all this <laughs> stuff will be secondary. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, has the mo- he has the most popular motion Every yes, day, yes. adjourn. Let's yes. get out of here. <laughs> yes, yeah. Some, 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 some worthless uh, state political history trivia. I have the record for the most motions ever passed by the House of Representatives because I get at least one motion passed a day. So uh, there you go. There you go. Some, um, worth, yeah. some worthless Arkansas yeah. political trivia for you. you. Stay right favorite, where you're at because uh, I want to take motion. a break, and then yeah. when we come back, we'll find other things that you're working on. All right, right now. sounds good. Steve Ellswick show. Stephen Meeks is with us, state representative. We'll continue talking to him when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, want to remind you, we have given away all the tickets for the uh, screening of Jesus Revolution for tonight. I don't have any more tickets, so if you're listening for that reason, that reason only, sorry, what can I tell you? You should have tuned in earlier. Uh, I had four-pack for that. Got to see that movie last night. Oh, did you? Yeah, very good movie. Highly recommend it. Oh, great. I had, you know, uh, they do a love song in, Mm -hmm. in the group, and I had Chuck Gerard, the original member oh, wow. of that group on yesterday talking about that he said he was laughing he said the only line that the person that plays him says is can you dig it and he says i don't know in my lifetime that i ever said can you dig it well <laughs> yeah it sounds that sounds kind of like 50s jargon right, instead of 60s right, you know what right. i'm saying so i thought that was pretty funny was kelsey grammar good in it oh yeah 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 they were all good all right good yeah. we're yeah. looking forward to it tonight yeah we're have, we're putting out we're putting out uh, everybody's getting a sticker tonight to stick on their shirt right it says yep. Jesus freak well, there you go all yep. right because yep. that was a that was a very positive statement Back that you then. made about yourself I've got a, a hoodie I'll be wearing tonight that says Jesus freak on yep. it I used to have an original shirt mm-hmm. in 1970 right that said Jesus freak well, on there you it. Go. okay I went through this I I'm looking forward to the movie yep. tonight well, as well. that was just a tad bit before my time so yeah I know yep. yeah. You, as I like to say, you weren't even a gleam in your daddy's eye right, at, that, right, yeah. at that time. So let's talk about what else you're working on. What's going on with uh, Stephen Meeks? I haven't heard too many things about you. You've been, yeah. you've been keeping quiet. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so um, one of the other big issues kind of technology-related that I'm working on is um, cyber. Uh, as everybody knows. That Security? Is cyber security, yes. Okay. Um, We've had a few uh, cyber incidences in the state here recently, and uh, last session I passed uh, two bills related to cyber. One of them was to uh, require uh, all government entities to report cyber breaches to legislative audit so we can start getting an idea what kind of problem this is, uh, be able to characterize it. And then the other one I passed was a FOIA bill that said that people could not FOIA those. Uh, simply because we don't want the bad guys to be able right. to do a FOIA and know where our vulnerabilities are at. Um, so this go-around, we are looking to uh, probably pass the most comprehensive cybersecurity bills uh, in the history of our oh, state. Wow. Um, 
working with all the stakeholders, um, DIS. We have a new uh, cybersecurity chief over there. He's an excellent individual, well qualified. Came from the private sector, really knows, uh, really knows his stuff. Working with counties, cities, and so um, this is not going to be just a focused on state agencies, but this is going to be focused on all government entities across the, the state, all the way down to uh, the smaller counties and your local library to uh, try to thwart the bad guys, uh, because uh, not to be unexpected, because we have a high-profile governor now, the cyber attacks on our states have actually increased. Um, because that doesn't surprise you. No. Um, we're a conservative state. So again, we're 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 seeing more uh, cyber attacks because of that, and uh, so I've got a couple of bills that are looking to address that. I've got one that's already in committee. That what it's going to do is require every state agency to develop a cyber plan. Uh, that cyber plan will be based on um, standards that are set by a board that we're about to set up. So everybody's got got uh, input in it. And then the legislative auditors will then be able to audit against that standard to make sure everybody is living up to that standard. Uh, we're going to try to do something of some, it'll be different, but somewhat similar to the cities and the counties um, to try to um, help them with this issue. And then uh, we're also looking at uh, a few other changes. Uh, some of it I don't want to don't want to go into over the no. air because again we don't want the bad Notice guys. Notice I'm to not know. asking questions. Right, we don't want the bad guys to uh, be able to uh, know what we're doing. But in order to make sure that we still have legislative oversight, uh, one of the other bills I'm working on is to give the technology committee the ability to go into an executive session, so out of sight from the the public. <laughs> to be able to get reports and address these issues so we can do it in a way that uh, we can make sure we're being protective of citizens' data, but at the same time not giving bad guys any ideas or any help as they try to attack us. All right. We've got to get a break in. Can you stay one more second? Yes, we have right. to. We're going to have Stephen Meeks with us after we take a break. Got Hannity coming up. Give you your shot of Hannity this morning right here on the Dave Ellswick Show, live from the Capitol, third floor, house side. All right, back with you at the Capitol. We're on the third floor. We're on the House side, and uh, we've been joined by State Representative Stephen Meeks. Uh, we'll be rejoined by our, our special co-host who's with us today, and uh, that's Alan Kerr. He had to step away to do a little bit of business, and then he'll be back uh, with us here in, in a few moments. But uh, we've been having a very interesting discussion with Stephen, to say the least. And so... Uh, you're looking at cybersecurity now. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that, that's got to be. I know that you know a lot about uh, computers and stuff, Stephen. We've known each other for years. Mm-hmm. But here's the key: you're starting to get into the really deep weeds with this stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. This is a can be somewhat of a challenging area because you've got to try to be able to balance government transparency, but also freedom, the, the freedom, but also you've got to be able to balance the security side of this because we all know what would happen. You know, we, we've got to be right on this 100% of the time. The bad guys have only got to succeed once and they've created all sorts of chaos. Um, and so we're trying to find that balance between making sure we're protecting our people, making sure we're protecting the data. But at the same time, not letting the bad guys know what we're doing and where our vulnerabilities are at. Do we have enough teeth in our legislation for the bad guys that do this stuff? I mean, 
when you can start attacking uh, an electrical grid and mm -hmm. things of that nature? Well, so things like the electrical grid, a lot of that stuff is not connected to the Internet. It, it, it has no outward-facing connection. Okay. So um, it would be very difficult. You know, we saw a situation where it was it in Ukraine a couple of years ago yeah. where bad guys got into it. That that should never happen here because of the way our systems are set up, where there's no connection to the outside world on some of that stuff. Um but uh, uh, you know one of the one of the things that I'm hoping one of the visions I have for our state is, and you know our, our DIS director shares this vision and wants to work in that direction, is I would like to create a single portal, so I as a citizen of the state can go to you know Arkansas.gov and from that one location. I can do my taxes. I can, you know, renew my hunter's license, my driver's license. I can, uh, you know, people who are on uh, government assistance. All that stuff can be done from that one citizen's portal. Uh, but that takes time. And as part of that, you also have to make sure all this stuff is protected. Yeah, you make sure your so, firewalls are right. impenetrable. So, right. So what looks simple on the surface gets very complex underneath. And uh, it just takes time, but hope. But we are trying to work in that direction as a as a state. Um, and uh, like I said, we've got the, right now. There's three pieces of legislation I'm working on related to cyber. Um, one of those has already been filed. Hopefully, here in the next week or two, we'll get the other two pieces filed and do what we can to make sure our data is protected the best way we know how, and also to put the pieces in place so that when there's a breach, it's not an if, it's a when, when there is a breach, that we have the people and the forensic in place, forensics in place to be able to address that issue in a timely manner that is the the least disruptive to that entity or to, the, to that service. Very interesting. Yeah. This is really, this, you got to pay attention to this stuff, folks. Mm -hmm. The world is yes. changing. Yes, it is, quickly. And very fast. Yeah. You know? And I'd a lot like of to, times. I'd like to get this gentleman on to sit and talk about this. Yeah, because a lot of times, as you know, laws tend to lag technology, and that can be dangerous. Dangerous, yes. Really, really dangerous. All right. I want to go back. and We were talking off the air. you got to hear this story uh, that Stephen Meeks was telling me. All of us see, you know, the, the ads on television about putting the Oculus on and mm -hmm. playing the games and all of that. Well, th that's cool, but yep. there's like a real big educational component to this as well. Talk yeah. about, about this. Yeah, so uh, back in uh, November, I had a chance to visit a 5G conference back over in uh, Dallas, and uh, it was looking at emerging technologies that are coming thanks to uh, the, the 5G revolution. And uh, one of the presenters came from uh, one of the universities, I think it was Moreland University, where she had uh, worked with providers to develop college courses in uh, a virtual space. So all the students basically got those 3D headsets, and they could either be physically present in the classroom or they could be in their dorm rooms or anywhere where there was an Internet connection, and they would come together in a virtual classroom, and she could do the lecturing. And she said she even had a button so that if they were looking around, she could hit a button and force them all to look in her direction, which <laughs> I thought was pretty funny. Um, My but, teachers used to do that with a, with a ruler. With a ruler, exactly. But uh, it allowed the, the students to interact in ways that are not possible in the physical realm. So, for example, if they were studying biochemistry, the students could um, 
interact with the mo- molecules in three dimensions and okay, manipulate want, and change. I want just draw it away from just yeah. listen closely to what Stephen is going to say here. This is amazing stuff. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, so, so again, the students could manipulate molecules in three dimensions and see what the outcomes would be. Um, if they were art students, they could visit, you know, the, the Louvre or uh, other art museums around the world and examine the art up close. They could, you know, in astronomy, one of my favorites, they could visit the planets and uh, do simulations. Um, you know, in medicine, they could dissect frogs or delve into the human bodies in ways you could just, learn how to suture. Yes, and do it in virtual in ways that you know you could never do in the real world. And uh, you know, you think about where this is leading long term in a rural hospital where you don't have you know the medical personnel, but you have an emergency. You know, are we looking at a future where a doctor here in Little Rock? can put on these headsets, manipulate a machine in, you know, Helena or Greenbrier or El Dorado and perform a complex surgery virtually. Well, they're doing some of that already. Yeah. I mean, there's surgeries now that you have done, and they don't even let the doctors do it anymore because mm-hmm. the robots are so good at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just amazing where technology is going and how kind fast it's coming. <laughs> yes. It's kind of scary. I kind of like having a human being around. Right, right. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're all uh, thinking Terminator in the back of our minds. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. yeah Skynet. Skynet, That's yeah. exactly what goes yeah, through my yeah. mind on, on a lot of this. But it's like any other technology. There's good and bad from that can come from it. It just depends on are we wise enough to use it to... For good. For good, yep. And so unfortunately, th- that's not always are the they case. Having, are they having symposiums and stuff about artificial intelligence and what that could I've, bring? I've not been to any or uh, not that I've seen, like for legislators. Um, I would not be surprised, especially, you know, this chat GPT thing that's come out in the last couple months. And that's scary. Yeah, I mean, so... so uh, yeah, that's something. Well, you know, and I heard saw a uh, article because I'm I'm always reading everything. You know, biometrics, and you know, I did the human microchipping bill here right. a couple of years ago to try to stop that from coming to our state. Well, I saw where a firm in New York uh, they own Madison Square Gardens. They put up cameras with facial recognition, and if there was a lawyer or somebody that was suing them or somebody that they didn't, they didn't like, let them in. They didn't let them in. That's right. And uh, I'm thinking, so now do we have to start passing laws to stop stuff like that? Yes. I mean, you know, it's yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah. answer to yeah. you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yes, you got to yeah. pass laws. Like yeah. That to protect people. Yeah, because it's not an if; it's a when. You know, that yeah. stuff is that stuff's coming. You know that that's uh, you know when you think about that, you start thinking Minority Report. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. When the guys walking down the, the the hallway and all of the signs are changing to offer them things that they know that they want to buy. Everything yeah. is personalized for the yeah. people. That that was. Yep. That's a, it's a big thing that I walked away from right. with that. Right. That well, I mean, we all see it on our phones. You know, you, you know, my wife oh, and yeah. I start talking about X, Y, Z, and, you know, two or three days later, there was those ads for X, Y, Z pop up. I For yeah. my birthday here just recently, I got a new Cubs coat, all right, one that I've been wanting for years. Mm-hmm. I had to wait till I was 70 to be able to finally get one to be able to afford it. Right. I, I got it. You know what pops up every day on my phone? Yep. You want to buy another one, Dave? Yep. Yeah, that basically that's what I'm getting. Oh, yeah. You know? Look, yeah. I'm lucky I was Data able to is, buy one of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Data is huge business. I mean, the, the value of that stuff is incalculable. And uh, with the analytics and stuff they can do, that is only going to 
expand and you know coming back to state government back several years ago i set up a data panel to start looking at how we are using data to try to be more efficient on the state level and uh, we are finally starting to see some of the fruits from that but you know government is slow to kind of implement some of that stuff but but we are getting there you remember how many people say what do we need that for right exactly why don't you why don't you work on the important stuff right exactly yeah, yep. you got yep. a lot of that at times. Oh yeah, 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 and you've got to be forward looking on this stuff. If not, it'll come bite you in the butt. Well, yep. we're lucky we got people like you, Stephen, doing that. Well, I'm honored to get to to do this for the, the citizens and uh, be a part of what what goes on down here. Anything scare you that's out there right now? Uh, inflation. <laughs> Just, well, you know, kind of, kind of thinking, uh, talking along these lines, you know, with with Bitcoin and some of these virtual currencies. Yes, the uh, Fed has started looking into creating a virtual dollar and uh, a, a digital dollar. They're calling it. The Chinese have started doing this, and several other if nations the are looking at. Chinese are in on it. We got to do it. Just we we got to figure out what's going on. And and how do you get people to dump their conventional dollars in exchange for these digital dollars? Well, they've done that to an extent with your debit card. Right. Well, think, How many but, people really carry money in their pocket Yeah, anymore? very few do. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's kind of working towards this cashless society. But with inflation going through the roof, at some point, if the regular dollar becomes worthless, then all you've got is the digital dollar to go to. You're going to easily be able to get people to go over to a digital dollar. Well, and when you get to digital currency, that, you can program it to, to do stuff. And you can program it at... A digital dollar mm-hmm. is, is is it's worth as much as you can convince a person that it's worth. Right, right. That's what it Which, all comes down right. to. Which I mean, it'll have value, but let's say you know uh, we, we don't like Dave because he's a conservative, so uh, you know we're only going to let him get three gallons of milk this week. Yeah. You could program that dollar to to do that. Well, you were talking about that uh, program just a moment ago. That's AI that's out, and um, I want to come back and talk about that just a little bit with mm-hmm. you. There are it's already being used against conservatives. Yep. We'll talk about it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay stay with us. we got another segment still coming. Third floor, House side. Uh, I got a call from the uh, Attorney General. He will be by today. We do know that uh, we're going to hear from uh, Senator Jane English. I'm hoping that uh, Senator Hammer is going to be by. Uh, there's a lot of things to still talk about, about the Learns uh, bill that's out there. Uh, a lot of questions raised yesterday. Most of them going to be amended that need to be amended over on the House side. And uh, we got a House member with us right now. That's Stephen Meeks. And we're not even talking about that form of education. We've touched on education. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about, you know, uh, broadband. We're talking about where's all this leading us to? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and what what what's that? Uh, what's the term, the term uh, terminology for this new program they've got that? <coughs> The thing can talk to you, the AI thing. Oh, the chat, uh, GPT, yeah, I think GPT, what it's called. Yeah, it came out that, that whoever, you know, makes the uh, uh, the foundational mm-hmm. moves of developing it, it takes on their the biases. Yep. Yeah, well, that's, that's a better word for biases. And it, they already have found out as they were testing it that it's not uh, nice to conservatives. No, actually, Elon Musk sent out a, a tweet or a retweet the other day that showed that, uh, you know, figures like Trump were controversial and, and Biden was not controversial. 
And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that bias was clearly present there. That's not good. No. Because somebody's got to develop it. Yep. So yep. what What do you do with that? Right. Yep. I mean, that that's that's a that's a hornet's nest, if you right. ask me. Right. It, doesn't, it worries you, doesn't Oh, sure. It? You bet. You bet. And, you know, as a lawmaker, you know, that's not something you can easily legislate. Right. Um, and, you know, we've talked about some of these actors and, you know, trying to legislate this. And, obviously, when a breach occurs, we can report it to the FBI. But a lot of these actors are coming from, you know, Russia and China, North Korea, and we have no jurisdiction there. Hey, some of them are coming from the FBI. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. But <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah. There's some I, of them I don't You could trust. be right. But, yeah, but, uh, but, but we can't, you know, that's not, we can't. You know, haul those guys off to jail or penalize them, or you know, yeah. we do sanctions. Yeah, I mean, we do sanctions, <laughs> but that's the challenge. You know, there's a you know piece of legislation here in Arkansas that was modeled after one in Louisiana that was talking about before you get access to adult sites that you've got to provide you know your ID to that adult site. Well, if that site does not have a presence in Arkansas, a how do you enforce that, and b do we want to have our citizens giving their data to some company in another nope. country? And what are they going to do with that yep. that data? Good question. Uh, I mean, I, I'm supportive of the idea about trying to make it more difficult for our, our, you know, young people to get access to this stuff. Because, you know, God knows there's too much out there and it's too easy for them to get. But at the same time, you know, do, do I want Arkansas adults having to give their driver's license to some, some company in, you know, Ukraine or... <laughs> you know europe or wherever in order to get access to an adult site and then who knows what's going to happen to that data you know that starts becoming problematic i i agree with you 100 percent there's so it's not a ethically this is a a whole new field Right. right you know lawmakers back you know decades ago it was it was only about what was going on in arkansas and nowadays we're facing issues that are global in nature that we cannot legislate for. Right. And even the federal government has trouble legislating for because you're dealing with state actors and not stuff within our borders. You scare me sometimes, Stephen. I know. Yep. You scare me sometimes. AI does. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a whole lot like Elon Musk. I'm a whole lot like... Uh, um, again. You know, it, ha- it has the great potential to find cures faster than we've ever yes. been able to find cures to help with diagnosis. Uh, well, but at the same Wayne, time, Wayne it can be used. And he yeah. was talking about how an AI doctor many times can come up with with the uh, uh, what what is the wrong diagnosis, with you quick, yeah. quicker than a regular doctor can yeah. now. Yeah, and so that, there's a. He's Huge got Google potential. in front of him. See, that's how he does it. Just Googles Man, it. And I'm right, exactly. what we do. That's, that stuff, it, it, I don't want to take the human element out. Uh, I agree. It's, yep. We've got to have some kind of human element in because if you take all of the emotion and you take the all, morality the morality and, the, and all of yep. that out, what you get may not be what you it's want. It's scary, yeah. Yep. You know, because they're going to say, you know, comes back, you ask it a question, you know what it says to you? You're going to die. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Well, we start thinking about war games or uh, yeah, yeah, Terminator. Do so yeah. well, that's not play? the future we want. Exactly. Yeah. One Be sure to wait, 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 your parking before you. Exactly. Yeah. That's one of my favorite movies. We, 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 we want the Jetsons and Star Trek. That's the future we want. We yeah. want this. Yeah. I don't know if I want Star Trek. You know, you know what you never saw in Star Trek? Roddenberry mm-hmm. had already foreseen this. 
Yep. You never see anybody with money. Right. Nobody has, quote, a job they get paid for. Well, you never saw a bathroom either, so let's right. just not. I'm just saying. <laughs> maybe they couldn't Things figure out how they Things are different in the future. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they figured out how to do away with it. Yeah, yeah, maybe they did. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for coming by, Steve. Yeah, I enjoyed it as always, you always, Dave. You always bring great stuff. We're going to have him back on. I want to get this gentleman on that's dealing with all of this. That would be a very interesting discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see if we can't set that up. Okay. Thanks a lot. All, all right, right, you gentlemen. Have a good rest of your day. We're going to take a break. Thank you, Representative. Uh, coming up in the next two hours, the AG, uh, Senator English, Senator Gilmore, Senator Hammer, and a whole lot of other people. Don't forget all the tickets are out now for tonight's uh, showing of uh, Jesus Revolution. Stephen Meek said he saw it last night and really? said it's fantastic. Wow. So I'm looking forward to seeing the movie uh, tonight with a lot of our listeners. I'll be there at Riverdale 10. Uh, I'll get there about 6 o'clock. And we'll open the doors at 6.30. Uh, the movie will start at 7. And we're going to give everybody a Jesus Freak sticker so that you can kind of relate a little bit to what's going on on the big screen. With that all in mind, stay tuned now. we got news. We'll be back with more. Alan Kerr is back, my co-host here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Alan Kerr is co-hosting today. And our special guest here for about 30 minutes, if we can hold him that long, uh, is that we've got uh, State Senator... Uh, ben Gilmore, look, when Ben told me he was going to run for office, he was working in the uh, lieutenant governor's office, said he was going to run, and he was going to run in a district that had been Democrat for ever. Ever. You know, I mean, since Jesus was born, that'd be the way to say it. And uh, he went out. He knocked on just about every door in that district. He worked hard, and he's the new uh, senator from there four years ago. And now he's been reelected. They, they, like, they like that Republicanism down there now. You know, they, they really do. And, you know, people said it couldn't be done. Dave, you were yeah. someone that believed in me, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate your, your stance on conservatism. And, and Curse Allen here with you, um, testament of two fine guys that have been fighting in the conservative cause for a long time. And paved the road for folks like me to come along behind you but you know just to talk real quick about that district to be the first republican the only republican thus far to hold it let me is let him is, say that one more time yeah, the, the first oh. republican and only one thus far to hold it that's right is incredible and it's humbling to me but i told people when i won on election night and and i beat my democrat opponent thanks to the good support of, of fine folks down there uh by over 20 points it was a mandate. Wow. That's a called mandate, a soundly defeating your opponent. A mandate for that's conservatism. A, that's a thrashing. And, and that is, I, I, I think, the first interview I did on um, Capitol View and, and here in Little Rock, um, first first interview I did, I said that. They asked me, well, what does this mean for your dis- district and for you? I said it was a mandate from the people. They wanted conservative values. Right. And I've tried to stay true to that. But, again, we have an opportunity that has been thrust upon us, and we can't shirk it. We've got to make bold moves to undo, like we were talking during the break, to undo the years of liberal control. Yeah. And I think we're doing that in this session. Well, and see, I want to, let's talk about that generally first, and sure. then we'll move into talking about criminal justice. How has it been, this is your second time around, to have Sarah Huckabee Sanders as governor? Let me tell you, she is a incredibly bold conservative 
who doesn't shy away from a fight, Good. who charges head on and says, we're upending status quo. We are taking on the system. Right. Um, and, you know, forever, the other side, the liberals, have embedded themselves in the system. And we've got to be able to say, um, you know, with courage and be unafraid in it and say unequivocally that we are going to up in that because the system is failing us. Right. Um, from state government that spends too much, taxes too much, to uh, our school system, which there are fine people in that system, but the system itself is there to protect the system. And that's not what we're about. We're about educating right. kids. And we're, right. we're going to be making that bold statement today on the Senate floor when we pass the LEARNS, um, the Learns Act that is right. her education package. When do, when does when do you guys get together? When you go at to, eleven o'clock. Eleven o'clock. And, and okay. I imagine it'll be it'll be heavily debated. I imagine it'll go on for several hours right. as it should. That's right. fine. Let's talk about it. They're going to be panificating. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it's coming from a father who has tried to educate several children. Um, uh, you know, as a parent, I mean, it's. It's very cumbersome to, you know, you're, you're paying your taxes and, 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 and go into education, and that's all fine. But then I have to come out of pocket um, to uh, get them the type of education that I feel like they need right. uh, on top of that. And I don't, I'm here to tell you, that's not cheap. Um, you know, that's a, that's a huge commitment financially. And uh, I, I, think, I, I think by letting that money... Uh, transfer with the children. Now, I don't know if this Learns Act has got that in there or not. But yes, I, I it hope, does. Does it really? Okay, <laughs> yes. good. Um, I, I, I hope that um, everybody, not just those who have a good job and, and, and have a good income, will have access to some of these private schools. Yeah. I, I really feel like that there's some smart kids out there that we're letting go by the wayside and not having the opportunities that they that they should have. 100%. Look, I'll say it, that the numbers, the data speaks for itself. When we got kids that are reading at about 35%, yeah. that's, that's a disservice that's, that's to pathetic. them. That's a disservice to our state, to our nation. That's a disservice to employers that are going to be hiring them in the future. Right. We've got to correct this stuff. And, look, I'm not here to demonize or to criticize or, or any of the, the folks in education. There are fine folks in education that are there for the right Absolutely. reasons. But at the end of the day, we need to give kids every opportunity. to. If it's public school, great. We're going to fund public education. If right. it's private school, great. We're going to give them that opportunity. If it's homeschool, like I was, right. then they should have the, the, the resources to do that. And at the end of the day, if we don't do that, then we are we are literally saying that our kids are not important, their education is not important, mm-hmm. and we are asking for failure. Now, you said you were homeschooled. Did your yep. mom do that? She did. Oh, bless her heart. Well, amen. There were I five, couldn't do it. There were five of us. But, you know, I'll oh tell my you. God. <laughs> well, that's why she had to homeschool them. There were five of them. <laughs> were they all like you? <laughs> well, I'm the smartest and best looking <laughs> one. <laughs> but, you know, to, but to that point, I had a what I would call an amazing educational experience. My mother highly educated herself, had, had uh, multiple degrees, master's degree, uh, was an educator in her own right. My father has two PhDs, two master's degrees. Holy and, smoke. And, and so I got an, basically an equivalent college education yeah. for, for my, my you know, K-12. Just from K-12, and, yeah. And 
why shouldn't every kid have that experience if they can? That's all we're asking. Just give those kids the opportunity, no matter where they are, who they are, where they come from. Let's do that. All right. You were asking about money. All right. Here's how it works out. Okay. Students enrolled in the state's school choice program would receive 90% of the statewide foundation funding from the prior school year to attend a private or home school of their choice. The foundation funding amount per student for the 2022-2023 school year, $7,413. So take 90% of that, and that's yeah. what you'd be able to get a hold of. Well, and, and let me tell you what's going to happen. If we're the first, I mean, it's painful to be the first always in anything. But if we're the first, look out. Oklahoma's yeah. going to do the same. Texas is going to do the same because if we if they don't, they're going to lose a lot of their population to Arkansas. That's because right. Because people are going to want to come here to raise their kids. That's right. That's right. And, you know, here's the, here's the deal. I come from a rural area, right? And and I, I know what the critics say. And, and I'll just tell you, there's not as many there's not as many critics as people would say. They're loud. They really are. But I'm going to tell you, I've had the phone calls from parents saying thank you. These are I've had phone calls from grandparents saying thank you. Yeah. My kids deserve the education. And you know what? This is not going to kill rural schools. No. This is going to no. make rural schools better. It's not going to kill help. public schools. It's not going to kill public schools. It's going to make them better. Yeah. And our goal should be competition not main- always makes everything always. better. Always. And our goal should be not to maintain a system, right. but to educate kids. Right. And and educate them. Not fill their head with stuff they have no business knowing. Boy, amen uh, to that's that. That's in the bill too. Amen to that. Um, yeah. But but that is our goal, and we have we have a responsibility to do it and do it right. All right, yeah. we're going to take a last break for this hour. We'll come back and we're going to welcome back the senator for one more segment. We're going to talk about truth in sentencing laws and how 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 are criminal justice laws going to change this session and they're going to change hugely and we'll talk about that when we return on the dave ellswick show awesome crime crime in general is up all across arkansas i mean i put a I put a security system on my house because i wanted to feel safer yeah and for me i I, look i've got a 12 gauge uh you know semi-automatic ak-47 in my house so i feel pretty pretty safe as it is but I'd sure like to know if somebody's trying to come in at certain windows or doors in my house, and now I can I can take care of that. Yeah. However, that can be changed if the legislature will get serious about crime. And we're about to. Sounds yeah, like they're about I to. Keep, I keep hearing this from you, Ben. I'm going to let you just talk now. You yeah. tell, us, tell us what's well, going to happen. Look, you, you said it already, Dave. It is violent crime is up. And it is staggering when you see the numbers, when you when you watch it play out on the news and you see the, the you know, murder after murder after murder. And it is unacceptable. And, you know, one of the core functions of government, education is a piece of that. We should educate our kids and make Protection. sure they have a good education. But another piece of that is public safety. You have you have a right to feel safe um, in government. If you pay taxes, uh, owes that to you. Right. And so that's what we're doing. We realize that, and we're going to step up to the plate, and we're going to say we're going to fix this problem. And the first way we have to do that is get violent offenders and criminals off the street. For far too long, we've allowed a system to be in place that is what what I call, you guys probably remember um, 
the Rube Goldberg contraptions, oh, the machines yeah. that don't sure. do anything. But yeah. trap. Yeah, yeah. So do nothing. I call I call this a Rube Goldberg machine of parole in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. We have built in this a revolving door that that lets criminals out and makes uh, law enforcement pick them back up and put them back in the system. And we've created offshoots all along the way to kick criminals out through the one sixth, the one seventh. The two-thirds where you serve one-sixth of your sentence, a seventh of your sentence, or the most is two-thirds. Right. That is that is a tragedy that we've allowed that. And it is, a, again, a disservice to our law enforcement to make them go back and catch that same person that's a violent well, offender. Okay, you, you said go uh, ahead. You, you, you had some t- statistics a while ago during the break. You said that we had about 18,000 people in our penal system at any given time. But every year, how many are turned out of that 18,000? 10,000. So 60% yep. are, are turned out every year. Yep. So yep. Now that's, that, I mean, that obviously fluctuates about 1,000 or so, yeah. we give or take. Sure. But that is staggering. I asked them to repeat that when I first heard it. I said, that can't be right. You mean 1,000, right? Right. No, no, no. 10,000. It's, it's insane. So the, it, is, it shows the revolving door that we have. Literally and, a revolving door. It's a revolving door, and we're going to fix that in this truth and sentencing bill. We're, this bill says that if you do some of the most heinous violent crimes, you don't deserve parole, rightfully right. so. If you are a sex offender on, on minors and children and women, you don't, or, or men, <laughs> you don't deserve to be out on parole. Um, so any of those heinous crimes you can think of, and then, you know, a step down from that, still serious crimes, the uh, you're going to serve at least 85%. Um, And, again, that's what should be expected. People should know that when they're paying taxes, that those taxes are going to keep them safe and that criminals are going to stay where they belong. And that's not on our streets. Now, didn't I read that the attorney general is going after dealers as well as... uh, He's going after what? Drug dealers. Uh, Yes. Yes. As well as uh, uh, the users. So... You know that's that's gonna it's gonna interrupt that supply chain. Hopefully, it is. We just announced, uh, Attorney General, a one of the one of the strictest laws in the nation. We just had the bill drafted and announced it on fentanyl, and not just fentanyl, mind you, but the what what I call the super drugs. That's yeah. meth, cocaine, and heroin, and fentanyl. Right. Um, and so all of them laced with fentanyl. <laughs> typically, yeah. Actually, you know, here's one of the crazy things in research and, and working on that bill. I had no. I guess I've lived a sheltered life of sorts. Well, you had, were homeschooled. Well, there, we already established that. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, that, that's what people typically, you know, think yes. of us anyway. Yeah. But I didn't realize that they were taking drywall dust, no. mixing it with fentanyl. No kidding. Absolutely, and people are ingesting this. I, oh I mean, my I God. just I'm like, and telling them insane. it's cocaine, and, and right? telling them it's cocaine or, or whatever. I mean, it's insane. So here's so with that bill, with that bill that we announced, we are saying that if you're trafficking fentanyl and that fentanyl causes the death of the person that takes it, Mm -hmm. then you are going to be held accountable. Get this toughest, toughest law in the nation right now or will be when when it's passed. You will be an unclassified, it'll be unclassified felony 20 to 60 or life. 20 to 60 years Or or life. And a wow. million dollar fine, well, and a, yeah, which will well, never get if paid. If it takes somebody's life, I'm yeah. willing to give them the death penalty. Yeah. Well, I, I I don't disagree. I don't disagree. 
but obviously now we want to be make we want to make sure we do thoughtful, smart laws, okay. and so we have right. a lot of things in there that say, look, if if you if you didn't you know intentionally try to mislead somebody into taking these or, or whatever it might be, then there's prosecutorial discretion, and there should be due process should be a part of it. Plea but, bargaining, but but with with that bill, we're not we're sending a message. We don't want you here if you're doing that. That's good. Okay, so how are you getting this across to the judges so they understand? Well, yeah, we have the jury sentencing in Arkansas, and it's pretty clear when we lay it out in the bill, this is this is what we expect. Okay. This is what we expect, that parameter of 20. Now, if you do it with a minor, if it's a minor's death that you cause, 25 to 60 or life. Okay. So, there you go. Uh, again, we're not, we're not playing. We're not here to – to take it easy on these on these criminals and our goal is again let's keep them where they belong it's off our streets that's away from our communities it's away from our families that's away from dave and his house with the security system Uh, well if they get through my security system they won't get past my (laughs) ak-47 12 gauge second Second amendment's a beautiful thing that's exactly (laughs) right absolutely right okay so if we're going to put people away for longer it means we're going to have more we're going to have to have more room to put them away in so uh, how do we go about financing all of that well look again it's not going to be cheap but we understand that poor function of government is providing um you know providing bed space to lock people away to protect others we're working on that we feel like there's probably about 3,500 beds that are going to be needed in addition to what we have. Right. Um, you know, we've got a backlog in county jails. The other component of that, because we want to be smart in how we do this, we're looking at mental health beds because there's just some Thank people you. that don't need to be locked away. That's true. They're, they're, yeah. Look, I, was, I went to Varner the other day, toured the, the prison there, the Supermax facility. Uh, you see a lot of stuff when you go in there. There's some people that have no business being with those other folks in that prison. Yeah. They need to be elsewhere. And uh, and I just want to make the point that I was just visiting in Varner. Um, so, thankfully, I got you, you back out. You weren't being processed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but took took a few of my colleagues. We went down there um, and and got to see reality of what's going on and what, what it's like in those facilities. And you know what? The other thing we got to do is the folks who work in those facilities – it's hard to find people who want to do that. Oh yeah, and we've yeah. got and we have a shortage it's of them. Another right now. tremendously thankless job. It is, and so we've got to make sure that we're paying them competitively, right. to make them want to do that and so, have the right people in there too. That's right, and you know you, you spend some time. You don't talking want criminals watching criminals. Yeah, no, no, not at all. <laughs> but you know, you spend time talking to those folks yeah. that are that are working in there, and they look at it as a calling. One one oh, guard, yeah. one guard. She was telling me, she's like, you know what? This is this is what I'm supposed to do, and she's like, it's tough, it's hard dealing with these people. The noise was deafening in one of the cell blocks. They're just screaming, hollering. and that, she said, 24 hours a day, it's like that. I said, how do you do God. it? She's like, this is what I'm supposed to do. So those are the kind of people that we need doing those jobs, and we got to pay them appropriately. All right. Well, you keep up the good work. Yes, hey, sir. Thank you've you been, all both. You've been doing super. I I can say I do a pretty good job of. Of picking the ones I get behind. You're great. It's yeah. Good. You're yeah, great, Judge yeah. Character. The fact and you let Alan Kurtz next to you. Well, I mean, he's looking over at me when he says that because I was one of the first ones he got behind. Yeah. Yeah. And, That's true. Uh, 
Uh, it all started with the county jail tax yep. that we did not need. That's right. We just needed better budgeting. That's right. Yeah, Isn't that, and you brought it to the I did. Isn't that the way it always works? We can find savings in state government to pay yeah. for a lot of things if we get real serious. Yeah. yeah. You know, Mary it's Bentley there. and so many other people that I've mm-hmm. literally talked into running. Yeah. I'm I'm proud of those people. Yeah. They've, they've, they've been done doing a, good job. a great job. Ben, thanks so much for coming Thank by. You, for you keep me. up the good work. We'll have you on in the near future I'll look again. forward to it. All Thank right. you, Dave. Thank you much. Thank Let's you take a man. break. We'll come back. Final hour just around the corner. We're supposed to hear from uh, English, Senator English. Jane English, yes. That time. So we'll see if the... Uh, that what the chairman of the uh, Senate Education Committee has to say here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Or outside the House chambers. I've got as my special co-host today, Alan Kerr, who I've known for 21 years, 22 21, years. Yeah, something like that. A long yeah. time. Uh, he was standing against a, a jail tax, and I got behind uh, what he was trying to do, and we got it stopped. And Yep. Then we didn't stop there. We just kept on going. Kept on going. Now, we got another guest with us that I've known almost as long. Right. Senator Jane Jane English. She is is an icon in Republican circles in Arkansas. Thanks. (laughs) You know what that means, Jane? They look look at me and they say, a talk legend. And that that just tells me you're ready to put me out to pastor. We've been around for a good while and helped grow this party to what it is today. Yeah, well, that's all right. The party is doing. I am more happy about the party today than I have ever been. It's it it's it's doing a good job. There's a different yeah. feeling to now, There's right now. There's a very now, different Jane. feeling than there was ten years ago. You better believe it. Yeah, but it's huge. It is really huge. I mean, I remember when we were starting to flex our muscles with BB, mm-hmm. you know, and he didn't like it. But that's too bad. He did not. And then uh, and then Asa came on and we flexed our muscles a little bit more, but I think we were held back. Uh, now we have what I think is a real conservative. Uh, Republican in office, and man, she's not afraid of anybody or anything. No, That's she's true. not. That is true. Well, Senator, tell us about the uh, the education bill and your take on on that. I, I know they're they're probably going to be debating that today. So we um, presented the bill yesterday. Um, Brianne Davis did in the Senate Education Committee, and she did a great job. And Secretary Oliva was with her, and we had a lot of questions from the committee, and they answered them all very well. And then we allowed, oh gosh, almost four hours for people to make public comments, and they were good. Um, everybody gets a chance to say what they think. That's where we live. Right. Yeah. And um, so, and then the um, we voted to pass the bill out, and so it will be on the Senate floor sometime this morning. So let me ask this, because you've been big on education ever since I've known you. It's, How excited are you about this? I'm very excited. It's, uh, you know, education, making sure our kids have a future has to be our number one priority. And, and everybody's not going to agree on how we get there. But I think we, this, this bill, and it's a, a, a pathway. It's not individual things. Right. I think that sometimes people think, well, I'll just take this little piece and right. I'll throw it out. Or, but we're really looking at um, literacy and starting. I mean, if kids can't read... And right. we've passed so many people through all these years. We have about 300,000 folks in the state who don't have a high school diploma or a, a GED. 
Well, someplace All along the way, that, that system yeah. has failed them. That's, so we, that's 10% of the population. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and so you, we have to look at what can we do starting at a very early age to make sure that our kids have the necessary skills and the ability. And sometimes it's identifying a, a, a problem that would keep them from reading. It could be dyslexia. It could be auditory. It could be um, they, they go process the information. Yeah. There are just a number of things. You can find those out earlier waiting until somebody's in the 10th or 11th grade. It's too late by then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I see the numbers and they, they worry me. I mean, they, they worry me when I look and I see there's some school districts so the kids that are graduating, 75% of them can't read at grade level. And so, what you know, what is that future for them if you can't? There isn't a future for them. No, it's, it's very minimal. And in today's world, you just, you cannot, there's so many great opportunities out there for, for careers. But if you can't read, you can't take part in all that. So, you know, I think we have a real... Um, opportunity right now to begin to look at how we focus mm-hmm. and 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 uh, there are some people that are concerned because the bill says children could be retained in, um, and not go into the fourth grade the last thing we want to do is keep kids from being uh, held back what we want to do is make sure that we've provided all the necessary things that we need to be able to make them be successful. So when right. you look at this, you got to understand that it's not status quo of what we've had in the past. And they, and then so we had, they kept moving the kids forward, moving them forward, age-related, you know, type of thing. Now they've got the money where a, a student can go out and get a tutor and, and work with them more uh, And that's what things. a lot of this will be is is being able to have those um, all those necessary components at a very low level, which we've not really ever had before, and making sure that that is our focus. So yeah. I'm, I'm pleased with that. I'm, I'm hoping it gives us – that's not something you're going to see next year. No, it's going to take time. It's going to take time, but you have to start someplace. But it took several decades for us to get where we are today. That's exactly right. Uh, more exactly. Than and going the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. 50, 60 years, to be honest. Well, so there yeah, are a lot of really good things. And then the other thing that I've always been a, a big proponent of is, is workforce education. And we have, over the last eight years, we have put more and more – um, into uh, career education for students, and this just expands it. And they'll even be able to have a, a diploma that shows that they have those skills, those competencies. It's not just what you know, but what can you do? Right, right. Yeah, they can actually go out and go go work for a plumber or whatever. Correct. Yeah, we've got we're working on apprenticeships and things like that, where students have an opportunity to really see what the workplace looks like. You can talk all you want about employability skills. When a, a person walks into a company or a store or whatever, they're, wherever they're going to work, and this is the workforce culture, they learn pretty quickly. All right. So let me ask you that question. For a long time, and it started in the 70s, I remember when I was a student, it was like, you don't want a blue-collar job, Dave. You want a white-collar job. And they downplayed blue-collar jobs, which was amazing to me since I grew up right around steel mills at the time that that had 60,000 men working in them. All right, but, but that's where the jobs were. Yeah. Yeah. But they weren't teaching the young men right. anymore. They were they they wanted you to be in an office building somewhere, a clean site, you know, not in the open hearth. 
And uh, we kind of fell uh, victim of our own wishes there, didn't we no, not? I think we've sort of done a um, beginning to look at new paths, their paths. It doesn't have to be college or <coughs> it needs to be careers, whatever that is, and, and make sure that, you know, somebody can start off in a, thinking, I don't want to go to college. But in our high schools today, we have st- uh, students can take concurrent credits, uh-huh. so they're getting college credits. They may not use them right off the bat, but they can use them down the road if that's what they decide to do, yeah. as well as certifications and, and technical um, experience and um, certifications. So then if they decide they want to go to college, they have those college credits, but they don't necessarily need to do that. That's if right. We- we're giving them both skills. And it's, it's important that students learn that now you can make a good living. For instance, I talk to Joe, Joe's Garage, all the time. If you're a technician, you're not a mechanic any longer. You're a technician. Right. Everything is so sophisticated. And he, he said most of the starters can make sixty-five dollars to $75,000 a year if they yeah. apply themselves. And those are good jobs. For, it doesn't matter where in the country you live. Those are very good jobs. Yes. But they require education. Yes, they do. And they require some skills. Um, you can't just not be able to read. And you can't be able to just drop out of school and think you're going to be able to get these kinds of jobs because that's just not true. Do you agree with that old saying that, you know, first three gre- grades you, you learn to read, fourth grade on, you read to learn? That's exactly right. Exactly right. So, you know, all of this, I think, is just critically important, and I'm so pleased that we're... <clears throat> putting a focus on it and uh it's a big part and and it's going to take a while we have to figure out what the plans are and and how it's all going to come about but i think there's already some really good things in place and we need to incorporate those into um whatever we're going to do see the problem is if if you're an adult who have gotten through the system and you you read on a you know you're you're 20 years old you read on a uh, sixth grade level you're not going to be a, a good parent to any children that you have because you're not going to be able to help them nope. read either. It's it's just a perpetual uh, problem. Well, and, and then and we have to figure out how we help help parents be able to move some of those 300,000 that I'm talking about that yeah. don't have a high school diploma. How do we help them move into a better yeah. place so they have a better job and they're better role models than for their kids. Yeah. My right. father had a third grade education because his dad walked out of him when he was a kid. So he had to go into coal mines to take care of the family. Oh, my right? God. In third grade, okay? I mean, I had all kinds of, of uh, belief in my family. Right? I really did. I almost worshipped the man. It was pretty close. But I, I'll tell you this much. He was adamant with his boys you will at that time get a high school education right you will have that when you go and then when we would talk about college he wasn't so sure about college he thought that was a little hoity-toity at the time but the bottom line i was the first one that really went on to, to do it and you know how i did it i didn't ask him to pay for it I went and worked in the steel mills to work my way through college. Well, yeah. that was a that was a very different time. You know, when we were growing up, there really weren't a whole lot of scholarships out there. And, right. and that's parents, right. And and but the cost of going to school probably was a whole lot less than it, it is. Was. Now as well. It was. It was. It was yeah. actually a state school that they wanted you to. Nowadays, to it's you. You. There's no way you can't go into debt going no. to college. I mean, it's ridiculous. 
You had to do it. So very expensive. It really yeah. is. All right. So what's what's next that you're really interested in? Uh, we just had Senator Ben Gilmore on <laughs> talking about uh, the whole about the criminal justice and what's coming up with that. Has that got your interest going? Uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, this, this education and workforce development is my lane. I got you. And so I will be pushing for things to be part of this whatever it is we're going to do. And as I say, we've already gotten a number of really good things going on, and I want to make sure those are incorporated into um, what, what we're doing for the future. Well, when Sounds you need good. to push, I'm up here Tuesdays and Thank Thursdays. You. I yeah. appreciate it. Come on that. and join me. We I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah. Senator Jane English, Thank she's you, the Senator. head of the Education Committee in the Senate. I'm Dave Ellswick. Alan Kerr is going to be with me just for one more segment, and then I'm going to let him go, and then I'll, I'll be on my own. Yeah. Again, or you got to go now. I got to go. He's leaving now. All right, you know, I'll be back with you in just a moment here on the Dave Elson Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.